Welcome to the NC4 Podcast. We exist to know Christ and make Him known. Discover the power of a connected life by listening to this message from God's Word. Good morning once again, everybody. It's great to have the whole family together this morning. I believe 2023 is NC4's year to rediscover the goodness of God's intent. That's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Can you say that with me? Rediscover the goodness of God's intent. Thank you for the two people that said that with me. Okay. I've got a scripture on my heart related to this this morning as we begin this new year, and it is January just about, so I can still say new year. All right. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says this. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing, and that can also be translated by experiencing for yourself, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. You know, we live in a cultural moment where for most people, what that verse says that the will of God is good and acceptable and perfect, it would seem to most people that the exact opposite is true, that the will of God is imperfect, it's unacceptable, and it may even be evil. And so, of course, that's not just our culture, but it's the effect of the sinful human heart. The fact that you're here this morning, that you're hearing this message, tells me that you have a desire to know and walk in the will of God, but I think what we so often see and what, my, what my, my heart is for us this year is that despite what we desire, a lot of times we still end up being shaped more by the patterns of the world around us than, be, than transformed from the inside out by the Spirit of God. We so often become shaped by the patterns of the culture around us, which is what Paul is talking about when he says being conformed, conformed, conformation, but God is interested in our transformation. The Christian philosopher Dallas Willard said there's three essential components to the process of any transformation. The first thing you need is vision. You have to be able to see the transformation that you're aiming towards, you have to be able to see it and desire it. It has to be something that appears valuable to you or you'll never move towards it. And that's why there's an old joke that says, what do you call someone who speaks many languages? Multilingual. What do you call someone who speaks two languages? Bilingual. What do you call someone who speaks one language? American. I've heard the same joke told in Spain. The same is true of Spaniards. I've heard the same joke told in England. But the point is, why is it everybody in America in school takes language classes at school? Usually it's, you know, it's Spanish or maybe it's French or something, but so few people actually learn those languages. And the reason is most people don't have a vision of how learning that language will actually be valuable in their life. Whereas in other parts of the world, learning English, for example, is extremely valuable. It opens up 
new job opportunities. It opens up whole new things, avenues for people to go down. But in America, people don't have that same vision of the value of learning a second language. Now, a lot of people do have that desire. They say, oh, wouldn't it be nice to be able to, you know, go on vacation to Mexico and actually be able to speak the language? You know, wouldn't that be nice? But the thing is, and, and Willard goes on to say, you don't just need the vision for the transformation to happen. You also need the intention. You have to actually bring your will to your desires and decide, okay, I desire that. I'm actually going to do it. And so simply desiring to speak a language doesn't help you learn it. You don't just, because you want to speak Spanish one day, wake up and you speak Spanish. No, you have to actually decide, I'm going to learn this language. And if you don't intend to do it, then nothing is actually going to happen. So you have the vision, you have the intention, but if you have both of those things, it naturally leads you to the third thing, which is seeking out the means of actually, what are the steps that I need to take to actually gain this transformation that I desire? So for a language, you would naturally buy the books, you'd do the language courses, you'd go spend time in the country that speaks that language. And so you have these three things, vision, intention, and means. Without, if, if you remove any of those three from the equation, you can be assured that no transformation is going to happen. But every time you have each of those three things, it's a reliable process of transformation. And you can expect to grow and change and gradually be transformed. And so, Vision, intention, and means. This is the the roadmap that we're going to follow this morning. And I'm going to talk to you about vision. And vision is both what we see and what we foresee. And so we're really talking about with vision, we're talking about what is the transformation that we desire in God or that God desires in us. And so We're going to talk about vision, but we're also going to talk about intent. And I want to talk about the goodness of God's intent for us and the role of our own intentionality in moving into his purposes. And then lastly, we're going to look at what are the specific means that we're planning as a church to pursue this year to gain the transformation that we believe God is calling us into. Vision, intention, and means. So we're going to begin with vision and if, if you're here as a guest this morning, this is not a typical kind of message that we do here. We're usually a, a very teaching-centered church. We're usually going through books of the Bible and, and, and doing in-depth teaching. But this morning, we're coming together as a church of, of two campuses to renew our sense of vision for a new year. And the question we're asking is, what is the transformation that God is calling us into in 2023? What is the transformation that we desire as a church this year? Now, anybody who's familiar with the business world or leadership in general knows that for any organization, you know, you have to write your mission statement and your vision statement. And so churches often follow suit. But the thing that we sometimes forget, even as churches, is that the difference with the church is that vision does not begin with us. It doesn't begin with me as the leader. It begins with God. It's all about God's vision for us. And so, our vision, any vision statement that we come up with, it's really, it's never about anything new per se. It's about how can we constantly realign ourselves with God's vision. It's this 
time after time, year after year, realigning ourselves with what God first envisioned and laid out in scripture as his vision for the church. And so if we're not doing that, then it doesn't matter what our vision statement is. It doesn't matter how, you know, successful we are or, or what we achieve. We're not fulfilling the mission if we're not aligned with God's vision. And so in one sense, the vision never changes. But in another sense, we have to bring new language to it time and time again for every new generation and every, every new season, we have to bring new language to it to capture our hearts again and to realign ourselves. So a little bit of retrospective here. Back in 2020, at the start of the, the new decade, I shared a message with the church that I, I felt such a strong prophetic weight on. It was called the purposes of God. And I shared that I believe the Lord had three overarching purposes for us over this, this decade of the 2020s. And it was three things, to restore the joy of worship, to rebuild apostolic community, and to release everyone into the game, which you'll see on our living wall as you, as you walk out of the sanctuary here. And I believe that's exactly, it just, it blows my mind. I'm so grateful to God as I look back, even on these first three years, we're now a quarter of the way and more through this decade, believe it or not. And looking back just over these last three years and seeing the faithfulness of God in these exact three things. And so in 2020, as this decade began, we started taking steps towards leadership transition that was completed, the first phase anyway, last year. But at the opening of the decade, the elders and I really spent an extensive amount of time and effort and prayer in seeking the Lord for a renewed sense of vision for this new season of leadership in this, this decade. And so the way that we approached that was we, we began to ask, what have been the times in the life of this church, the 40 plus, now 40 plus years of this church, what have been the times where God has most powerfully been on the move. And this church has just been vibrantly living into its purpose. And we began to tell stories. And it was, it was, it was beautiful. It was moving. It was powerful. Hearing all the, the ways that God has moved and the, the, the times when this church has just been alive and you could feel it. And we began to pick up themes. And what emerged were six recurring themes that we noticed through the whole history of NC4. And we eventually called them our DNA. It was recognizing really what God has coded into us as an individual church. And so we ended up with these six DNA traits, and we, we, we did a series on them a couple years ago. But I want to go back over them because it bears repeating. This is now three years later. Here are the six things. Number one, we believe church is family. Our guiding paradigm as church is that church is the family of God. Secondly, we are eucharismatic. That's a, it's a, it's a compound word to express the fact that we are rooted in history. We respect and appreciate and, and love the historic church and we're part of it. And so we celebrate that in sacrament as we did this morning, but we're also a church that seeks the dynamic move of the Holy Spirit. And we actively practice the, the supernatural gifts Thirdly, our gatherings are marked by the palpable presence of God, something that we seek in all of our gatherings, the presence of God. Fourthly, we center on scripture 
as not only our, our rule of faith, but our rule of practice. And, and we're known as being a teaching church. We, we love to drink deeply of scripture. Fifthly, we send support and engage in missions locally and across the world. And that's been true since the founding of the church. And lastly, we're not an isolated church. We're not an authority unto ourselves. We are, we are part of an apostolic network. We're in submission to apostolic leadership and we operate in unity. And that's the last of these six DNA traits. We operate in unity with our network and also with local partnerships and networks with the churches in the Lehigh Valley. And so we went through this whole process of, of distilling these core DNA traits of who we are. And I just found it exhilarating because as I, as I saw that picture and we looked at the, 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 the arch of history of NC4, I was just exhilarated. I was just like, yeah, that's something that I can get, a, get behind. That's something that I want to be a part of. I want to, I want to carry on and, and take that torch for a new generation. And so we had that starting point and then we were able with that to lay out a, a vision for the decade. All right. Now, some of you heard this. We last shared it at our, our vision night in 2021, but I'm going to repeat it again. So this is our vision for the decade of the 2020s. NC4 is a pioneering apostolic movement, multiplying mature disciples of Jesus across the Lehigh Valley. We're a vibrant, authentic community of over 1,500 people gathering in each other's homes, as well as four regional campuses. All cultures and generations contribute and find belonging here as a family that reflects the beautiful diversity of our cities. Our leadership intentionally reflects that diversity and equips everyone to function as fruitful entrepreneurs in their gifts, releasing them to live on mission, on God's mission in the world. We're therefore growing wider, both by reaching new believers and revitalizing existing churches. We actively serve locally to embody God's kingdom and partner around the world through missional relationships. In everything we do, we drink deeply of God's word in scripture, valuing the life of the mind. We experience the spirit's transformative presence in worship, celebrating sacramentally in the arts. And we apprentice ourselves to Jesus, living with sacrificial boldness in active faith. I love that. I love reading it to you. And some of you are thinking, that doesn't sound like NC4. And the reason is a vision statement, if, if it didn't express something that was currently outside of our grasp, it's not much of a vision, right? This is an expression of a desired future. It's an expression of God potential in us. And it's the transformation that we seek in him. And so... The exciting, for me, the exciting thing for me, even as I was preparing this and, and just, just praying through all this, is that when we look around, like I said, vision is seeing, it's both what we see and what we foresee. And when we look at what we see, I believe we're seeing the beginnings of a lot of that already beginning to spring up. And I just want to mention a few highlights, okay? So during these last three years, since we wrote that statement, we've seen a new campus merger, We've seen a, right, a revitalization in Mukunji that's, I believe, been thriving with real community springing up, even in the midst of a pandemic. God's been so faithful. We've been stable in our membership, in our finances, through a pandemic and through a major, through, through the transition of the founding pastor, uh, 
that leadership transition. So that's amazing faithfulness of God that we've had such stability through that. We've invested in our facilities to create a warmer family atmosphere to our meeting spaces and so that we can have a greater capacity for the arts. We focused on emotional health. We talked about emotionally healthy disciples. We focused on emotional health more than ever before. We started church-wide courses. We, we've now got two pastoral counselors on staff, which is such an amazing resource. We've added new staff, including our first female pastor, Ellie. And she wouldn't like me saying this, but Ellie has just been blowing it out of the water with, with, with what she's been doing. And working alongside Delena, also in founding our new primetime ministry, which again has been thriving. And so through that, we're seeing more than ever intergenerational relationships. We're seeing young people who, who they're more involved than ever before in the ministries of the church. And we're seeing, we're seeing young leaders rise up and we're seeing people in, in the, in the primetime community also discovering new joys and gifts in, in ministry that they can offer to the body as well. And so we've reaffirmed our unity with one focus by hosting the annual conference last year. And so th- this is just a, a handful of things that when I sit back and I look at what God's been doing, it just fills me with gratitude. You know, it's so easy to get bogged down in where we're not yet. And, you've, and you, you close your eyes to the things that God's stirring in the now and you miss it. And so when I look back at that, we're, we're not just maintaining status quo. We're actually growing into that vision that he has for us bit by bit. And so this is the transformation that we believe the Lord wants us to achieve. No, not, not wants us to achieve, that he wants to achieve in us for his glory. And so at the very start of the year, I took a couple days just as a prayer retreat. And I was asking the Lord, I was seeking the Lord on what his heart for us was for 2023. And the word that I kept hearing was intent. Intent. Because there's still so much of that vision that is yet to come. It's yet to be realized. And what happens is a lot of times, even with the best of desires, we, we, we find that in certain areas in our lives, we're simply not growing. And oftentimes it's because we've never actually set our intention to do something about it in that area. We never actively intended to do it, even though we desire it. And so for the church, just like in our lives, it's not often for a lack of desire, but it's more often for a lack of intentionality. And so I believe the Lord is saying 2023 for us is a year of intent. And there's two sides to this. Okay. So on the, on, the, on the one side, what I think the Lord is telling us through this is he's going to be teaching us this year once again about his intent for us as a people. Not only as individuals, not only as a church, but, but his intent for us as a people. And then secondly, I think that that's going to give birth in us a year where we fix our intent on many of the things that we've desired, some of them we've desired for a very long time, but which we haven't grown in because we've never just set our intent to, to pursue it, to be intentional about it. And so two sides to this. I think it's a year where we're going to gain new clarity about God's intent for us as a people, his intent for us as disciples, as missionaries, as men and women of God, as husbands, as wives, as children, as families, 
like we read in Romans 12, 1 at the beginning there, that offering of our whole selves, our, our bodies, our minds, our spirits, our emotions, offering them to God as a living sacrifice. Now, there's a, a lot of churchgoers who, when they're honest, they probably don't find that image very appealing. Offering everything as a living sacrifice, that sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> sounds like a lot of death, too. But I know that there's many of us here who do find it desirable. We know that this is, this is something in God that we, you know, that we're made for, that we're intended for, but we look back on the last number of years, however, maybe you've been a Christian 40, 50 years, and you look back and you think, man, why haven't I continued growing like I did at the start? Why, I, I feel, I felt stagnant maybe. I haven't grown at that same pace. And I think as Dallas Willard says, the reason that we most often begin to stagnate in our spiritual growth is it's simply we start to get into autopilot and you, you, you get kind of into maintenance mode. And it's not that you don't desire to grow. It's that you never actually stop and decide I'm going to grow. I'm going to pursue the transformation that God has for me. And I'm, I'm particularly talking about our discipleship, our holiness, our set apartness for God. And so we might have that desire in us, but until we actually resolve our will, until we bring our will into alignment with our desire, we don't actually grow in godliness. And so our discipleship ends up kind of on autopilot. And you can maintain on autopilot, but you don't really grow very much on autopilot. And I think that verse in Romans 12 speaks to us in this because what happens is, as we're in that mode, what happens is we're, we're, we begin to be shaped by the world around us rather than being transformed by the Spirit from the inside out. And the more that that happens, here's what, and it's, again, it's, it's, not, it's not intentional and that's the problem, all right? The more that that happens, the more that the world begins to shape its impression on us, the more the Lord's will begins to seem more distant, more unpleasant, and more difficult. But when we begin to intend, when we set our will to actually become a living sacrifice, that transformation begins in us and we begin to discover the more and more that we, that we walk in that, the more and more we discover that his will is good. That his will is acceptable. That it's pleasant. That it's perfect. Nothing, bling, nothing brings flourishing to human life like living according to our intended purpose. And so I believe the Lord would say, this is our year of intent. We as a church, and I believe many families, many individuals are going to be rediscovering the goodness of God's intent for us. The perfection, the pleasantness of doing his will. I don't know if you've ever read, I'm going through the Psalms every month and it, Sometimes you read the Psalms and they're like, God, I just love your will. I love your law. I just, I love it. It's like, honey, it's, and I'm, a lot of times I'm like, I don't love his will like that. Right? 
But what that's speaking of is a heart that's just captured the goodness of God's intent. When you actually do what he says, when you actually live in line with his will, you're not living under this crushing heaviness of the law that, oh, if you slip out, he's going he's gonna to smite you. No, you, you, you're living in this place where there's no lack, where everything you were created for begins to flourish because you're living in line with your intended purpose. And so it's about rediscovering the goodness of God's intent. So we've got vision, we've got intent. And now I want to talk to you as we, as my my last section here about the means. What are the means that we intentionally want to pursue this year to, to move us into the transformation that God has for us? And so I want to put these into three categories. I want to look at it through the lens of our, of our DNA, okay? Three of our DNA traits, family, the presence of God, and missions, okay? Family, the presence of God, and missions. And I want to outline a number of the things that we as elders have, have decided we're going to intend intentionally to pursue this year. So let me talk to you firstly about family. What are our strategic initiatives under the heading of family? All right. Well, the first thing, we're going to be starting our first teaching series of the year, beginning two weeks from now, we're going to be focusing on God's intent for us in relationships. Everything that Jesus said and didn't say about relationships. What is God's intent for us in relationships? Especially, not not exclusively, but especially when it comes to our, our marriages and our singleness. And so, that's going to be an extended series that we're going to pursue starting in a couple of weeks. And out of that, we believe that the Lord's not only wanting us to, to, to teach on it, but also to, to start some practical ministries this year. And so we're believing, we're believing God to raise up. We don't have them, but we're believing God to raise up leaders of men's ministries that are lacking. I'm believing God's going to stir up the, the, the hearts of men regular guys, all right? I'm not talking about, you know, like, I don't know. Regu- what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is like, like, it might be you, okay? <laughs> I'm not talking about we're going we're gonna to fly somebody in from Africa who's going to be like, I mean, they might be, but <laughs> regular guys who the Lord's going to be stirring up to say, you know what? I want you to start meeting with so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so just to spend time together to be friends. Guys need friends, okay? Women are so much better at that sometimes. (laughs) Realizing that we're not an island. To meet together for friendship, for for accountability together, for iron to sharpen iron, all right? And it it doesn't need to be, it can be the simplest thing in the world, but it's, it's literally just being intentional to have relationships together, okay? Now, I'm starting to see that already rising up, but I believe God's going to raise up a number of men who are going to have that burden on them. And the same for marriage. We'd like to see, and and again, this is already beginning. People started to come to us to share this desire to see a marriage ministry that would focus not... We we have a lot of pastoral care and and pastoral counseling to focus on on times of crisis, times of, of, of... pain and, and, and hurt that need special attention, but ministries that would 
begin breathing life into marriages that are doing okay, if you will. All right? Yeah, very much in inverted commas, but marriage ministry to support us in relationships again. So we're going to be doing a men's breakfast in two weeks on the 11th of February. And I'm hoping for lots to come out of that. Um, Now, another specific ministry that's planned in the area of family is that Judy Fry, one of our pastoral counselors, is going to be running a, a prioritizing your life course, where she's going to be teaching about how to intentionally build rhythms into your life that will, yeah, bring a whole new season of, of intimacy with God and growth in your discipleship. So that's going to be great. Encourage you to sign up for that. So that's focusing on our, on our, on our relationships and our families. And now I want to turn to focus on our church family, because this is also under this heading. Two things, two strategies for our church family life. We've put together, we've got a lot of work still to do on our facilities, both here and in Mukunji, especially in Mukunji. We've got the old parsonage and the, the old sanctuary building that still are in need of renovation. And we're planning, well, we've already put together a committee to begin the process of actually getting that done. So they're going to be getting to work on that in the coming weeks. We're looking as a result of that to build new Sunday school spaces, youth space, a conference room, offices in Mukunji, and here also to carry on with with the youth and kids spaces, renovation of that, and some work in the fellowship hall as well. So we put those teams together and they're going to be working on that to get that done intentionally. And the other big thing for this year in terms of our church family is that we had one big phase of, of pastoral transition, but we've got, we're still in the process of handing the baton, baton, I keep getting it wrong. Sorry, guys. The, the passing on to the next generation. And so pastors Bob and Tony are administer, administer Denise, who are just such integral parts of this church. We're in the process also of, of passing on to the next generation. And so again, that's going to be happening this. So God's been faithful and we need to Ask for your continued prayers for his faithfulness in, right, in, in bringing up the right people to, to carry on those just essential ministries. Okay, family. Secondly, I want to talk to you about the presence of God. And we've got two things that we're going to intentionally pursue this year in terms of the presence of God. Our, our network conference was on prayer awakening. And I've seen a reawakening of a hunger for prayer in the congregation since that time. We, we redesigned our congregational prayer meetings, and they've just been so vibrant and full of life. So we're going to continue with those. But intentionally this year, we're going to be asking the Lord to, to raise up new leaders to carry the prayer ministry of the church. Of course, we're all praying and the pastors are praying and the elders are praying, but we need people who have that burden to be equipping people as prayer warriors, as intercessors. And we've had those throughout the life of the church. And so we're asking the Lord to raise up a new leader or leaders for this generation. Prayer is one of the essential ministries of the church. And so that's part of our intent this year. The second thing that we're going to be investing in as a core ministry of our church is our worship ministry. And so I have some actually very exciting news this morning, which is that we're going to be investing more than ever into our music ministry by expanding our staff team with two new leaders who will be serving as our worship arts directors. Johnny and Leah Kilman. I don't know. There they are. 
<laughs> so Johnny and Leah are going to be overseeing the worship and arts ministry across both campuses. They're going to be bringing a new level of spiritual investment and mentoring to our musicians. They'll be working alongside our existing campus worship coordinators and really seeking to intentionally build a, a culture of worship both in the team and in the whole congregation. The, the music ministry has been such a core part of who NC4 has been over its whole history. And so I'm sure you can all affirm just how much Johnny and Leah carry in terms of calling and, and gifting and anointing. And so I honor you guys for that. And they are people of purity and character. And when Jesus says, my people will worship me in spirit and in truth, these guys live that. And so I really believe God has called them to, along with our existing team and and all our worship team, to pioneer new things and to take this into a new level for this generation. You know, Dwayne White prophesied over us when he was last here that it's skyscraper time, is what he said over over NC4. He said, we're not going to be buying new plots of land. We're going to be buying air to go higher on where we already are. And I, I see this as, so that's very exciting. And they're going to be starting next month on a part-time basis. And so we're investing in our prayer and our worship and, and that's intentionality in the presence of God. And lastly, we're going to be intentional with our vision for missions. Missions, again, it's one of our DNA traits. And this year, we're going to be sending more short-term missions trips than we have. Eric, who's our missions director, said it's probably more teams than we've sent in eight years. It's four, maybe even five. And part of that is that we really felt from the Lord that this is a year to intentionally reaffirm our, our commitment and our relationships with our missionaries around the world. We have a relational approach to missions like, like Eric shared last week. It's so integral to, to how we, we do things. And there's nothing that builds relationship more than visiting people. All right? And so what I love about the fact that we're sending so many teams, the reason we send teams at all, you know, It's not only to get things done over there in the country, but it's so that we as a church body can know the people that we support. We're not just sending money. That's that's the easiest thing in the world. We're not just sending money. We have intimate, you know, relationships and commitments to these dear people. And I was one of them for 30 years of my life. And I'm so glad that it wasn't just a check in the mail. It was like, no, this was our church family. And when we came here, we felt like we were home, Right? And we knew faces. And so that's why it's so integral for as many of us as possible, as as the Lord provides and makes us able to go, to see what the Lord's doing in the church around the world, and especially with our missionaries. Okay, so that's exciting. And I believe that through those trips this year, we're going to see this, what what someone called the, uh, what Phil called the kingdom reciprocity, where those teams bring back a deposit from where they've been that will bless the whole church. And so missions, the second thing here, like I spoke about last week and I issued kind of a a challenge, the most natural way and the the place that most of us are called because we're all missionaries. Every Christian's either a missionary or an imposter. Every person who's a Christian is, is a missionary, but most of us are called to where we are. Okay? And the most natural way to be a missionary where you are is to open your home and invite people in. Invite people into the family of God. And when we intentionally open our homes, 
what happens is they can become missional outposts of the kingdom. And it's so simple. Again, this is not, you know, apostle so-and-so who's able to reach. No, this is like regular you and me simply opening our homes and inviting people in. It's it's, It's one of the ministries of the church is hospitality. And that brings people into the kingdom. If you could intentionally share meals with people, you can eat into the kingdom. Eat your way into the kingdom. I shouldn't be saying that at 20 to 12, right? But here's, here's, here's what I'm believing for, all right? I'm believing God for 12 new home groups to start up this year. 12. So that's perfectly doable, one a month. 12 homes, 12 families who will say, you know what? We're going to open our home to people. And, and, and I'm specifically talking about, okay, it's one thing to run a course or it's one thing to run like a, a, a small group Bible study for, for you and your close friends. And those are, those are good and valuable and we're not ever going to stop those things. But what I'm talking about is something even simpler, which is simply opening your home and gathering regularly with people, having meals together, doing studies. And, and it becomes a place where unbelieving coworkers and friends and neighbors can be invited in. And they're invited into a relational atmosphere. And so, 12 new home groups this year. Wouldn't that be cool? Okay. We need leaders for that. So again, I believe the Lord's going to be stirring many of your hearts to ask, is that me? Some of you I already know have been coming and saying, you know, I think maybe the Lord wants me to start a home group. And I think, yeah, maybe he does. (laughs) So, another, we want to be intentional about offering, equipping, and training in that, all right? And so, training us to do our, our, open our homes in a missional way, in a way that doesn't feel like this heavy burden of work, but it becomes part of our rhythm of life. And so, I believe this is what, part of what the Lord's going to use to continue shifting us into a mindset of everyone in the game. Everyone in the game. And so, as we begin this year of intent, I'm trusting the Lord that many of us are going to be rediscovering the goodness of his intent for us. The goodness of his will. That when you walk in it, when you experience it for yourself, as Paul says in Romans, you begin to find out that it really is the best. It really is the most enjoyable, the most perfect way, the most flourishing way to live. But it's going to take intentionality on our part and to add our will to our desire and then seek out the means to carry it out. And so let's, let's join in everyone in the game this year to intentionally invest in family, in the presence of God, and in missions together. Amen? Amen. So, why don't we, can I get the team up and we can, we can finish with something celebratory, maybe glorious day or something you guys decide, but <laughs> would you stand with me as we pray? I'm throwing that on you guys, but you can handle it because you're pros. Lord, I thank you for how faithful you've been to us as a church, Lord. 
over the, the lifespan of, of NC4, Lord, and especially just in these last few years. Lord, you've been so good to us, so faithful. And I thank you for what we see happening around us, Lord. May our eyes be open to the new thing that you're doing among us, that we would perceive it, those new things springing up, Lord. And that as we, as we meditate, as we, as we chew on that vision that you've given us for these, this decade and this year, Lord, that we would press into that transformation. Lord, because we're not there yet. But would you give us the intent in our hearts, the intentionality to press into that? Lord, would you bless the work of our family life? Lord, would you pour out your presence on us as we seek you this year? And Lord, would you ignite our hearts to be burning ones on fire for your mission in the world, both internationally and locally, Lord? Stir our hearts, stir the hearts of men, of women, of of young people, of old, Lord, to, to partner with you in what you're doing. Lord, and I pray that by that, you would transform us. And we would look back next year and at the end of this decade and said, look at what the Lord has done. We seem so far away from that. And look, <laughs> at first it was difficult and then it was done. So thank you, Lord. We turn our hearts to you, Lord, with new intent this year. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the NC4 Podcast. For more info, visit our website at nc4.org. We believe in the power of a connected life. If you prayed to give your life to Jesus today, we'd love to help you walk it out together. Just text the word JESUS to 610-816-6062.